This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. And I'm Lyle Southall and this is... Lawson Walters. When the microphone comes on. Yeah. And we're about to get into our Encounter with God section where we are going to be part of the 20 million movement, uh, staying the same passage of the Bible with 20 million other people around the world right now. But before we get into our 20 million movement Bible study, Lawson, what have you got for us? For Nobody's answered the quiz yet. Mm. It's actually been quite obscure. Yeah, we It's gotta... super easy, but obscure clues. It is. Okay, what creature am I? So we know that God said this animal would devour Jezebel. By the wall of Jezreel. That's actually the that's actually the easiest um, <laughs> the easiest clue on the quiz. We know that according to Solomon, one of these alive is better off than a dead lion. Thank you, Solomon. <laughs> yes, for stating the obvious. What do you call this? An anti anti joke? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like no, probably probably just an anti joke. It's just like uh yes, like. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> anyway, we should look that one up and find it in context. I really want to find that one out. All right. Goliath said to David, I am a blank that you come at me with sticks. M-I-A. M-I, yeah, sorry. M-I-A blank that you come at me with sticks. And finally, <laughs> uh, I want to give another clue here. A poor man named Lazarus had his sores licked by this creature. Okay. Okay. We're getting there. So, okay. Yeah. If you know what it is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll win a prize completely for free. Okay, I'm looking at the verse in uh-huh. which Solomon says this, and in the verse, it's not even funny, it's actually dead serious, um, and it's like real, um, and it makes sense. So I'm glad I looked that up, I just had to satisfy myself on the context of that. I will read the verse once you answer the clue. Yeah, so get in there. I want to I want to hear it. I want to know what's up. Give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with the answer and there will be a prize coming your way. What creature is mm. this? Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Nehemiah. Mm. You know what else is better than a dead lion? Studying lots the of, Bible. <laughs> lots of things, lots of things. The book of Nehemiah. Let's yes. go to Nehemiah chapter 9, and we're going to start reading in verse 9. We're going to find uh, the prayer continues, this corporate prayer continues, mm-hmm. and it changes tone quite dramatically. And so up until this particular point, uh, the prayer has been a prayer of praising God mm-hmm. for his faithfulness um, and... You know, all of the good things he's done, the blessings that he's poured out upon his people. But there's a there's a sudden transition here. And I want us to notice this transition because there's an important lesson in it. So Nehemiah chapter 9, if you can start reading for us in verse 9, please. Lord. Yeah. The Bible says, You saw the misery of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard their cries from beside the Red Sea. Okay, so we're still praising God. Mm-hmm. Yep, keep going. You displayed miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh and his officials. And all his people, for you knew how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors. You have a glorious reputation that has never been forgotten. You divided the Red Sea for your people so that they could walk through on dry land. And then you hurled their enemies into the depths of the sea. They sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. 
You led our ancestors by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at the night so that they could find their way. You came down at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and instructions that were just and decrees and commands that were good. You instructed them concerning your holy Sabbath and you commanded them uh, through Moses, your servant, to obey all your commands and decrees and instructions. Okay, all good so far. So this is basically recounting the history of Israel. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we are still uh, praising God. And I want you to notice as you go through, you know, what we've read so far, everything here is speaking to God's faithfulness. Mm. So this is all about God's faithfulness. Uh, let's continue reading there a bit further there, Lawson. All right. Continues on and says, You instructed them concerning the Holy Sabbath. Oh, I read that one already. The next one is, You gave them bread from heaven when they were hungry and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go and take possession of the land you had sworn to give them. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Everything here is speaking to God's faithfulness, right? Uh What's the next word? But. uh, But. But. Okay, but. Whenever you have a but in the Bible, you know you're going to have a contrast, a change of Mm -hmm. direction. Mm Mm-hmm. So, in contrast to God's faithfulness, what does the Bible say? But, but, yep, our ancestors were proud and stubborn, and they paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done for them. Instead, they became stubborn and appointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. Okay, this is, you know, let, we, we need to stop and talk about this story for a while because this is the one that uh, the Levites choose to highlight in their prayer. Mm. And this is a prayer where they are not telling God anything new that God doesn't know. It's a prayer that in many ways is almost a little bit like a sermon. Mm. So this is a prayer that is, you know, this is the kind of prayer that is valuable to pray for a number of different reasons. When God has been faithful and God has made promises, God expects us to hold him to those promises. Mm. He says, test me by these promises. And so it's a good thing for us to to remind God of how faithful he has been in the past and remind him that you said, you know, you've been faithful in the past, you told us to test you by your promises, and now we're going to do so and we're going to step out in faith. Mm. Of course, that's for ourselves, right? That's right, Absolutely. Um, but that's that's a good thing, and this is what they're doing right here. But now they move on, and there is also a message. This is a message prayer. Mm. Uh, sometimes you hear message prayers being prayed. Sometimes it's like almost at the end of the prayer, it's like, well, you know, the prayer at the opening of the sermon. It's kind of like, you know what? I don't really need to preach a sermon right now because it's already just been preached. That was just a powerful prayer. And we used to have a, uh, when I was a little itty-bitty tacker, we used to have a guy down at our church in Glen Hewen, Tasmania, who used to pray prayers that were a little bit like that. And not only were they a message prayer, which had a message for the congregation, um, you know, a bit like a sermon, they were kind of almost as long as a sermon. <laughs> yeah. So you, by the time you finished praying, you could uh, just kind of stand at the front, say amen, sit back down, sermon done. <laughs> Go home, eat yep, lunch. Be like 10 to 12, you know. 
Mm. Um, but this is the kind. So, so, so some people have said that you know that model of prayer is actually an unbiblical model. That's not true. That's not true. A message prayer is not an unbiblical model. It is a biblical model. We do find it here. There is an appropriate time and a place for it, mm. where there is a message where we are where we are calling on God and calling on God's faithfulness and His forgiveness and His compassion. And really, what they're going to do as they go through this is they're going to outline, okay, God, you've been forgiving here and here and here and here and here, and you forgave the golden calf. Mm. So we know that you can forgive us right now. Um. And you know, and and that's an important part to prayer. This is something that um, you know we should pray, and it does help us, as you mentioned before. To you know, it strengthens our faith. Mm. Okay, but let's think about this golden calf, and let's think about how how far these guys, you know, really did sink. Yeah. Um. In their you know their connection with God, and so you know, and why is it that this golden calf incident? is highlighted so much here in the prayer of the priests at this particular occasion. Okay, so let's let's look at the background of the golden calf. God's people are in slavery. They have been in slavery for 400 years. Mm. That's a very, very long time. It's like going from our time back to the 1600s or you know, early 1700s. That's a long, long, long way back in history mm. that they have been slaves. They don't know anything other than slavery, and so God starts to pour out plagues, and they see the supernatural intervention of God in a way that they have never, ever seen it before. Mm. Um, they see the plagues being poured out. They then have the Egyptians who effectively drive them out of their country. The Egyptians are like, out, get out while we can still survive. And the Egyptians basically pay them here. We will pay you to go. The Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians, which means that they took spoil um, or took possessions off the Egyptians, which really was the money that was owed to them for 400 years of slavery. They were getting reparations as they left the land of Egypt. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, so they're getting reparations, but before we get into uh, into the reparations that they're getting as they're leaving the land of Egypt and, and continue uh, with this story, we do need to mention that the quiz has been answered. Oh, there you go. We get to do at least two quizzes today. Let's see if we can do three. The quiz has been answered. Congratulations, Liz um, from Taggarty. Um, and the answer is, of course, a dog. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> so there you go. A dog. And now you what, wanted to know. Yeah, you know what you wanted to, to know. That um, well, that verse in the Bible. Yes, Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse four. Okay, what does it say? It says this: For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Okay, so to understand this verse, <laughs> to understand this verse, you have to understand the culture of uh, Israel. Yes. The nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, as a nation, a dog was seen to be an unclean creature and the worst of the worst. Um, They would not call somebody that they disliked a pig. Mm. They would call them a dog. 
This was the highest form of insult <laughs> that they had. Gig on dogs. It was a bit of a rough gig on dogs, and I kind of think that you know dogs in those days are probably you know your, your town pariah dogs rather than your pet dogs that you have today. Yeah. I really don't know, but I do know that you know Gentiles that were despised were called dogs. Mm. Um, Jezebel being eaten by dogs was the highest insult possible. Um, Lazarus's wounds being licked licked by dogs, you know, in their minds was an indication that he was under the curse of God. Yeah. And so when you look at, um, you know, so so this is the worst of the worst creature. Mm. However, a lion in ancient Israel was seen as being a, a, a creature of great power, a creature of great pride, a creature of great um, royalty. It was a symbol of royalty. And so a lion was something that was to be aspired to and a dog was something that was just filth. Mm. And so he begins by saying, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. In other words, while you're alive, there's hope. Because a living dog is better than a dead lion. A dead lion is not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. But a living dog, even though it is a dog, still better off than a dead lion. Dead <laughs> lion. There is hope in a living dog. There is no <laughs> hope in a dead lion. And so he is saying, look, if there's life, there is hope. And so if you are alive right now, don't be sad. Yeah, praise you know, the Lord. You've got your, you've got your life. Um, that's a good start. If you've got your health, um, that's an even better start. And you have the opportunity to, you know, for good things to happen. Mm. While ever there is life, something good can happen. It may not be happening, but it can happen. Uh, once life is gone, well, it's just all over, isn't it? Yeah. So there's the context of that they- really, really interesting passage. That's why <laughs> that's why Solomon says that a living dog is better than a dead li- dead lion. Uh. Cool. Yeah, nice. What awesome uh, Bible exposition this morning, of course. Like, as, as, yeah, like that. I think that's the first time in the quiz that I've actually had to go and look up the verse and say, what on earth is that verse talking about? <laughs> but I don't know. I just like to hold the thing in my head that it's just making fun of someone or something or it's just a joke. But yeah, I've got like. That no, is very, it's, dead it, it's very sound advice. Solomon was being dead serious. It's very, very good advice. But that means that we can do another quiz. It does. Okay. Yeah, just, just let's get started. Let's, let's get started. Let's smash it out. Let's give a couple clues just right off the bat because we, we want people to win. All right. Who am I? First clue. Isaiah chapter 40 prophesies about me. Oof. Okay. Who am I? Second clue. Because I did not eat or drink like others, the experts in the law thought uh said i had a demon okay do you know who that is lyle uh read that one again read it again because i would not eat or drink like others did the experts in the law said i had a demon yeah i'd say that that is this person right here no it's not oh uh no, you're incorrect. Uh, you, you're, you're actually you're really incorrect. I actually usually when I say that I'm like, oh, you don't know, and then you'll write something and it's correct. But actually, you're incorrect. So that means double prizes up for grabs. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you call and you know who it is, then you can win a prize completely for free. Okay. All right. All two right. prizes. Sorry, double prizes. Two prizes completely for free. There you go. What a deal. All right, Nehemiah chapter yes. nine, and we were, Where were we? talking 
about uh, oh, that's right. about the golden calf. That what the Israelites had seen up to that point, their experience of God delivering them from Israel, you know, and being like fully paid back for their time in Israel, like fully being able to leave with the loot and everything as well. Um, and then, of course, you know, we we see from there God's deliverance in the Red Sea, as as is being highlighted here. You know, God delivers them through the Red Sea, like parts the sea because He's just incredible, and then you know leads them into the wilderness and is providing bread from heaven to sustain them. You know, how incredibly clearly could you see the blessings of God and the way that he's leading in that particular circumstance? Um, but then for them to come to a place where they're ascribing all of yeah. everything that's been okay. done to... So you've got, you've, got these, you've got these plagues that are poured out. You've got these miracles. They become fabulously wealthy. Um, they face near annihilation at the Dead Sea. The parting of the Dead Sea is probably one of the greatest miracles that our world has ever seen. Mm. And they see it and they experience and they walk through it. It would have taken a lot of faith to walk through the dead, through, through the Red Sea, I should say, not the Dead Sea, the Red <laughs> Sea, uh, because you've got water you know, banked up on either side of you and it's like, wow, that would be a bit intimidating. Um, you could die, you could drown very easily. But they do so. The Egyptians endeavor to do so. I mean, they must have just really lost it. Um, and of course, the sea comes back in on them, and it um, just you know wipes them all out completely and utterly and totally uh, destroys them. And so now they're free. The Egyptian army is dead. The Egyptian army is at the bottom of the Dead Sea. It's pretty much, you know, that th- they have seen. You know, and then they've seen other minor miracles from that point forward. They have heard the voice of God from the top of Mount Sinai. Um. And on top of all of that, you sometimes wonder, and this is within a short space of time, a couple of weeks after hearing the voice of God speaking the Ten Commandments from the top of Mount Sinai, they're like, you know what, we're going to elect a new leader and we're going to create a new God made out of gold, a golden calf, and we're going to go back to Egypt. Mm. You know, that's bizarre. (laughs) That is truly, truly bizarre. It's wild. It's like after all that, it's like, yeah, we think we'll go back to slavery. <clears throat> and you kind of, it's like, um, you, 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 kind of, you kind of look at it like, you know, what on earth is actually, you know, going through their mind right now that they would do such a thing? Why do you think they were so rebellious? I think it's just a, it's it's the human condition and the fact that they were so institutionalized, like that's that's all they knew, and therefore when they when they faced adversity, you know adversity, you know outside of that circumstance, it was just it was not normal. It was they were insecure. They're uncomfortable. Yeah, they're insecure. They're uncomfortable. If anything, being a slave to them, even though it was so hard and difficult, like it was normal. It was normal. Yeah. So they, Freedom was not normal. It wasn't. And so they, like, they were so, like, obviously there's an ex- Because their slavery was generational. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you look at people who have been in prison these days, after a certain period of time, they will become institutionalized to the point that they can no longer function in society. It's always a danger with people that have very, very long sentences. Hmm. And what you've got here is uh, 400 years of the same sentence. Hmm. So it's become truly ingrained, generational, 
they don't know how to act and they're like, let's just go back to Egypt. Yeah. And God must be just completely tearing his hair out. Like, what is wrong with these um, with these individuals right now? You know, what 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 on earth is 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 going on here that you know they would do this? And you you see this all the time with people. Like, we all have close friends that are stuck in certain addictions, maybe or certain struggles, and you see them go through that, and you see them have the opportunity to be liberated from that, and then go back to that, and it's like, man, what are you doing? Like, this is why the Bible says that a dog returns to its vomit. Mm. And humans are much the same. Yeah. You know, we, we know we know the things that destroy us. We know the things that are going to pull us down and we go back to them. This is uh, Simeon with I'm Forgiven. Strange the path we choose I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find But 
Welcome back, guys. That was Simeon with I'm Forgiven here on Faith FM. And what an appropriate song considering we're talking about the forgiveness of God's people when they sinned against him so badly. Uh, we've got a few more verses that we need to f- read here to finish off this uh, little passage. Um, and so, Lawson, why don't you... Oh, quiz, quiz, quiz. We're in our yep. second yep. We're in our second, okay. uh, second quiz okay. of the day. So don't forget to give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. I don't want to give the next clue because I know you're going to get it and I want someone to get double prizes. Well, um, you don't really have any choices. Yeah, I know. It's like, whoa. You've given a clue already. This what person, can I do? They said that this person had a demon. Yeah, because they didn't eat or drink. Um, okay. While in prison, I sent two men to Jesus to inquire if he was really the Messiah. And, uh, oh, you're incorrect, actually. I am not incorrect. Yes, you are. You- all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> are you happier now? Yeah, yeah, okay. That, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so give us a call. 1-800-324-843. You knew I was not incorrect. Eight- Four, three. You absolutely knew I was not. Lyle didn't write down his complete title, and that's what you need. So, therefore, pedanticness here. Exactly. Um, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you will win a prize completely for free. But and we you would... don't have to give the complete title so long as you give the name. You will get the prize. That's, um, that's what I say, the... and so that's what carries. No, nah, you but you hold to a higher standard, Lyle. Well, that's what carries your anyway. <laughs> Okay. Give us a call right now, and there's a prize coming your way. Let's see if we can do two quizzes today. All right, Lawson, uh, let's finish off reading this uh, particular passage we're looking at here in Nehemiah chapter 9. Uh, where did we get up to? Like we verse got 18? up to verse 18. Pretty okay. much. Yep, keep yep. going. Verse 19. But in your great mercy, you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of clouds still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them, and he did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Okay, let's think about this for a moment. Here you've got this situation. Moses is, on, and this tells you something about the character of God. Mm. Moses is on top of Mount Calm, Mount Sinai. He is receiving the Ten Commandments. He is uh, communicating with God. They're having conversations together. The people are down in the plain beneath them, and with the cloud of pillar by day and the cloud of fire by night that keeps them cool, it's basically um, giving them, you know, the perfect air conditioning because it's it it is stopping them from getting cold at night. It is giving them. Um, cooling during the day in the middle of the Sinai. The visible presence of God. They can visibly see the presence of God. The Shekinah, you know, um, glory is is, is effectively right there in that cloud. Mm. In front of the visible presence of God, they build a golden calf. Mm. That is rebellion on a pretty full-on level, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So they build that golden calf in front of the visible presence of God. And that visible, you, you would kind of expect that the moment that they say, like, yeah, you know what, we're going to build a golden calf and we're going to elect a new leader who will take us back to Egypt. At that particular point, you would expect the cloud to just like, yeah, okay, and wander off. Mm. Yeah, for God to just like, 
I'll go look elsewhere. It is not what happens. Yeah. The cloud stays there. Day after day after day, it stays there. Uh, And it just boggles my mind how much patience God has with us as human beings and how much grace and mercy and love he extends to us Mm. that in that environment he did not walk away. And I think that some of us, you know, and you might be listening this morning and you might be thinking to yourself, you know, I've gone a long way from God, an awful long way from God. I've gone into the depths of sin. I can never come back. You know, maybe if I make myself a bit better, maybe if I improve myself more, then I will be able to come back to God. That is just not the case. You cannot improve yourself to come back to God. Um, Only God can improve you when you come back to God. And so my encouragement to you today would be come back to God. Come back to him now. He is there. He is waiting to give you forgiveness. He's waiting to give you mercy and grace. Were there consequences for the people who rebelled against God at the time of the golden calf? Absolutely. Most assuredly, they were. They were. That golden calf was ground into powder and poured into their drinking supply, and they had to drink it. Mm. You know, and, and a lot of people uh, lost their lives because of their rebellion. This was, you know, it, it was it was you know, one of the biggest rebellions that Israel ever saw. Okay, we've got one more verse here. Um, did we read verse 21, 22 yet? Um, no, not yet. But I just wanted to say something just real quick on, yeah. on what we've been discussing. You know, obviously God's mercy towards them just comes from the fact that he loves them. You know, That's right. And and the Bible says, like in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the classic, the love chapter, you know, uh it, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. The thing about God is he has the ability to bear your sin, mm-hmm. like because that's who he is. And, you know, God's righteousness and love and mercy is just so far and away above, you know, our ability to sin. It's ultimately, it's our ability to sin, and it's our choice to sin that destroys ourselves. You know, that's that's where we end up because of sin, not that God can't handle it, not that God's pushing you away. You know, Jesus simply says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And we need to realize that we're in a place, wherever we are, where we can make the decision to go to God. And so, yeah, as, as you were as you were saying, as we're, we're calling people, like, if you're in a place, you're in the depths of sin, you're struggling with that, well, God has the ability to bear it. So go to him. He wants to help you. He's standing there with his arms wide open. But we'll continue reading. Um, in verse 22, the Bible says, Then you helped our ancestors conquer kingdoms and nations, and you placed your people in every corner of the land. They took over the land of King Sihon uh, of Heshbon and the land of King Og of Bashan. Okay, let's stop there. What you've got here is really, you know, the full... Uh, turnaround of events. Mm. You've got the blessings of God followed by the rebellion of Israel, followed by the forgiveness of Israel and the blessings of God again on Israel. Wow. So here you've got, you know, this whole situation where God has, where they have rebelled against God and God, you know, is at the point where he's going to walk away and, 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 and forget about them. And you can understand why. From a human perspective, I think we all would. We'd be just like... Just forget it. Just mm. forget it. You guys are the worst. And after all that I've done, and, and and you want to go back to Egypt? Seriously, just go. 
you know, more fool you. Let the let the Darwin effect kick in, and uh, um, let's be rid of these people off the face of the earth. But God does not abandon them there. He does not leave them in the wilderness. They do not go back to Egypt, and eventually God is able to, you know, work with them for their forty years of stubbornness and rebellion until He's able to give them the promised land, mm. give them victories over their enemies. Um, and give them, you know, wealth beyond what they can imagine, and you know, build them into a mighty and great nation. Mm. Now, the reason, of course, that this is being recounted, and the reason that this is a part of the prayer, is because this is a prayer that is stating that hopefully this will never, ever, ever happen again. Um, they are, they are um, thinking about it. They, they, they're like, we really do not want this ever, ever, ever. To take place um, again in any way, shape, or form, and so that's why they're praying about it. Anyway, good things to pray about. We need to move on. This is the corner room. This is Faith FM.
never, 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 never I'm Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Stop it, I feel no ill With you. 
This was that was I am they with King of Love here on Faith FM. We have come to our question question of the, of the day time, and before we have question of the day, we're going to have quiz. Have we done two quizzes already? Yeah, we've. You've got one chance to do three. Okay, here let's, we go. let's do three today. Let's do three. <laughs> See what we can do. See with some intelligent people out there. Um, and congratulations to Bruce, who got the last one correct. It was John the Baptist. Okay, okay, here we go. Man, we've had what creature am I? We've had who am I? This is a what am I quiz. If I said, because I am not an I, I do not belong in the body, I would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. Mm. Oh, so many different things I could go with. Uh... uh... What? Uh, no, you're incorrect. Yeah. Let's give let's give one more clue. Okay, when Moses ordained Aaron, he took the blood of a ram and put it on Aaron's thumb, toe, and this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lars, correct. Yeah. So no double I prizes. That, I had that written down before you even <laughs> read like the first two two uh, lines of that quiz. Okay. All right. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you know what this is, give us a call. Yes. Indeed. 
Let's go to... Uh, oh, okay, yeah, our question of the day. Let's go to our question of the day. What, okay. what is our question of the day? Our question of the day is simply this. Um, we see, you know, in the story of Moses, as we've been talking about, these very, very literal, crazy miracles, you know, a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day and parting the Red Sea. We see these crazy, literal miracles happen. Big ones. Really big, big ones. Huge miracles. The question is, why don't we see that today? This is a really good question. So why don't we see the big, big uh, miracles that, you know, people cannot explain away with science? Hmm. There's a number of points that we need to consider. First of all, in the past, did those really, really big miracles result in the whole world who saw them take place becoming followers of God? Is that what happened? Well, uh, clearly not. In, especially in the case of the children of Israel, man, I've got to tell you, Christopher Randall is um, just um, cleaning up here with the with the um, quizzes today. He doesn't want prizes, so we're leaving it open. Um, but he's just smashing them out, <laughs> absolutely smashing them out. Okay, so we don't see those uh, we don't see those big miracles happening today. In the past, they didn't result in lots and lots of conversions, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to believe that the same thing would happen today. That's the first uh, thought to think about. The second thing that we need to look at is that in the day in which those big ones were happening, uh, God's church was a nation, and so miracles were happening on a national level. Mm -hmm. God's church is no longer a nation. God's church is made up of individuals of all nations, and so we see miracles now happening on an individual level, and we see them happening regularly, and we see big miracles, but because they're on an individual level rather than a national level, then they don't seem to have the same impact. Uh, the next thing that we need to think about, of course, is that we have something that they could never have, mm. which is far more powerful and far more dramatic, and that is prophecy, predictive prophecy, 99% of which has been fulfilled. Mm. You know, they are living at the beginning of prophetic predict- predictions. And when you're living at the beginning of it, and it's not going to be fulfilled for another 3,500 years, it's kind of like, well, that doesn't really mean anything. But three and a half thousand years down the track, when you can pick up the Bible and one third of it is prophecy and you yeah, go from wow. one to the next to the next to the next and it's just fulfilled, 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 then do you really need a bigger miracle than that? I mean, is there anything possible that could be more dramatic than that? And so does God work in the big in a big way, in the big picture? He most certainly does. Um, and another point that sort of comes to mind, of course, is the message that was given to uh, the rich man and Lazarus. You know, even if someone was raised from the dead, they still won't believe. Uh, we often like to think, you know, if God just, you know, started writing in letters of fire across the sky, then everyone would believe and all of our problems would be solved. But God has done this over and over and over again. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, I mean, this is just seriously full on. He raises Lazarus from the dead and the witnesses to that resurrection, go away and call a meeting so that they can crucify Jesus because they are so afraid that his power will convince so many people that he is the Messiah because he has raised someone from the dead. Mm. You know, So big miracles are not the proof that we need. The power of God's grace in a person's life, that is the proof. That is the greatest and most convincing wow. um thing that we can have for the existence of God. This is uh, Anders Fenson with Walk With You.
Welcome back, guys. That was Anders Svensson with Walk With You here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show. We are about to give something away. And Lawson, what is it that we are giving away today entirely for free? Let me just ask you a question, Lyle. Okay. Do you ever sit there and think, wow, I need help? Yeah. Well, I have the book for you. It's called Help in Daily Living. There you go. So this book is an awesome... I was I was sitting here thinking, you know, I often sit here and think, yeah, I need help. <laughs> yeah? I need help with the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Okay. Wow. No, it's all good. Well, help, it's all good. Help Daily Living, A Practical Guide to Everyday Blessings by E.G. White. This is an incredible, incredible book, an amazing devotional book that just really, I think, unlocks our, our, our minds to the ability that, you know, God has to bless us, to help us, to lead us and guide us, um, to put us on a real course of of you know prosperity in our lives not so much uh i guess financially but just in life in general the prosperity that we that we seek to have amazing relationships with the people around us and to and to be prospering in everything that we do which the bible calls us to by the way um so yeah this is an incredible book give us a call 1-800-324-843 um and you will get this book completely for free you don't even have to answer a quiz you don't have to know anything. You just have to be able to punch in that number, 1-800-324-843. You'll win this incredible book completely for free. Help in daily living. It's something that we need every day. We need the, the help of God. Mm. Don't forget Amen. that if you would like to study the Bible for yourself, if you would look, like to do my course, which is called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call here, 1-800-324-843, and we can make that happen for you. Um, that, of course, will go through the Adventist Discovery Center. Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming love Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by thy great help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue. From danger interposed his precious precious blood. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, 
I shall see thy lovely face, clothed then in blood-washed linen. How I'll sing thy sovereign grace! Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransom soul away. Send thine angels now to carry. Me to realms of endless day. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Daily I am constrained to be. Let Thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy. So.